0: Welcome to Step Up, the podcast where we learn to advocate like a woman. I'm your host, Ellen Troxclair. Each week, we talk to a different leader about how she became active in policy and politics. Whether it's joining an organization or running for office, I hope you come away feeling not only supported and inspired, but determined to step up and be a part of shaping your community and country. I'm Ellen Troxclear, and I'm here with Katie Linehan, the Communications Director for the American Federation for Children. Welcome, Katie. How are you? you.
1: I'm well. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Tell us a little bit about the AFC. Sure. American
1: Federation for Children, we're the nation's voice for school choice, the largest school choice advocacy organization. And we believe all children, particularly low-income children, should
0: have educational options seems like a reasonable proposition we think so <laughs> yeah yeah uh, so you know on this podcast we've I've talked to uh, lots of elected officials um, and women who are involved in kind of an official elected capacity but there are of course many different ways for women to make an impact and it doesn't always have to be running for office and you're doing that through your job through your job at AFC how did you? Kind of first get charter schools and school choice on your on your radar.
1: Um, yeah, so I would say it actually really happened much earlier in my life. When I was 16 years old, I started tutoring some children in North Omaha. I'm from Nebraska and North Omaha is one of the highest poverty areas in the state and certainly the city of Omaha. And so I would go to their home every day after school or several days a week after school and tutor them as a family of four boys. And what was clear to me from the start is they had unlimited potential uh, but their schools weren't of very high quality and particularly low expectations for these kids and so I went on to college and then law school and while I was studying for the bar exam, I started hearing stories out of New Orleans and also Washington, D.C. about how charter schools were really helping low-income kids who were being failed by the traditional system. So instead of pursuing a career in law, a traditional one, I went back to my hometown of Omaha and started advocating for charter school legislation.
0: So it actually, you were you were a law school student and you became so passionate about it that you totally changed trajectory.
1: I was studying for the bar exam, yep. So I had just graduated from law school and I was, uh, my parents lived in DC area at the time, Northern Virginia. And so every night as I watched the news, Michelle Rhee was on talking about the importance of essentially education reform. And I began studying the issue um, and I went to undergrad in New Orleans right before Hurricane Katrina. And so by the time I was done with law school, there were stories coming out of Um, New Orleans about
0: how successful charter schools were for the city and Uh rebuilding the city. So um, I'm guessing that as communications director, you get... Uh, this 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 has somehow become a controversial ish, issue school choice um, right? I mean what, do, what is your kind of impression of how it's perceived by the general public?
1: Most importantly it shouldn't be a controversial issue this is simply about giving all children the opportunity to go to a school whether that's public or private virtual or home school that works best for them. No child is the same. Any parent knows that um, I don't have children myself but I have siblings, and we are very different. I have a niece and nephews, and they are different. And American Federation for Children, again, thinks all children should have options, but particularly it's unjust that children born into a certain zip code have only one option unless their parents have wealth to pay for other options or to pay by moving to a different neighborhood so they can attend higher quality public schools and if you're low income neither private school or moving to a different zip code are likely an option
0: yep uh, and it seems it seems to me you know this issue has always baffled me the small amount of work that I've been able to, to do on it, that it's not, it should be this the civil rights issue of our time, right? Because the kids who are stuck in these failing schools a lot of times are minority students, who you know, whose families, like you said, don't have the means to do anything else. Uh, unfortunately, you know, Texas has not been, we're working on it, we're working on it, but Texas so far has not been uh, the leader that I, that I hope that we will become on this issue. There's still a lot of work to do here.
1: Right, and... That is unfortunate. Texas is obviously a very large state, lots of children living here, and there are some school districts that could do better, and again, particularly the children in those school districts should have options, and that should include private school choice, and Texas is a state that still today doesn't have private school
0: choice options for low-income children. So you, okay, so we were... You decide, Did you end up taking the bar, did you say? I did take the bar. You did? Okay. Yep. I so,
1: became a member of the Iowa Bar, Okay. Uh, but I never practiced. Okay. I started right away working in education.
0: Okay. And so then what?
1: Well, I worked for a nonprofit for a little while, um, and that really actually opened my eyes to some things that could be improved in the public school. I worked with public school teachers, um, some of my very good friends, and really admire teachers very much. I don't think there's many jobs that are
0: harder than that uh, but amen to that <laughs> i do not know how they do it <laughs> right
1: um and then i ended up uh working in the nebraska legislature for a state senator and there i connected with another state senator who advocated introduce the first charter school bill in nebraska in 2014 and so we worked closely i worked um, closely with uh, the community also and parents um specifically in north omaha uh, to inform people about what school choice was what charter schools were went down um, and had a hearing that lasted seven hours with parents and students and educators advocating for additional options for kids in Nebraska
0: so how did you how did you make the jump from working in the public school system to working at the The state senate, as a staffer, did you just see that that was kind of another opportunity for you to be effective in the public policy space?
1: I actually, when I went back to Omaha, my goal was to help pass charter school legislation in Nebraska, and I thought that would make sense doing that through a nonprofit education approach. I didn't work in the public schools. I worked for a nonprofit that worked in the public schools, Um, and in that year or so, I learned that, the only way to get charter schools in Nebraska was to pass a law to make that possible. And so eventually was working down in the legislature and the legislature is the body in Nebraska that would have to pass a law. And unfortunately still to this day, Nebraska doesn't have charter schools. It's one of now only three states without charter school legislation. Really.
0: my gosh yeah so your work continues so I mean I guess that's while while it's disappointing that that hasn't happened yet (laughs) I guess it's even more motivating
1: it is and I think we'll get there I think uh, we actually shifted our focus a little bit I eventually started an organization to advocate for broader education reform and school choice and we realized there were dozens of Private schools serving low-income kids um, in neighborhoods with failing public schools, and those were at risk or were closing because they couldn't afford to keep them open. Uh, families couldn't pay tuition, but even the subsidized rates of tuition uh, weren't sustainable. So we started advocating for a tax credit bill, and we feel really good about that. It got out of committee um, for the first time a couple of years ago. It was prioritized, and We have, we're confident, we have enough votes, the majority of the body would vote for it, but the filibuster is a pretty powerful tool in Nebraska and it takes, you know, an unreasonable number of senators to overcome a filibuster, so right now we're, Figuring out how to do that, but we feel confident that will happen. A lot of students um, and families are rising up and talking about the importance of this issue.
0: And you have uh, a champion on your side, right, in the Nebraska I do. Legislature. The <laughs> so, legislature. So in 2016,
1: my mother was elected to the Nebraska Legislature, and she has become a champion on this issue. So. Um, The first year she was down there, I believe she just supported the bill as another senator. Then I think the next year she prioritized it. And then most recently, she's the one who introduced it. And this year, um, she, or last year rather, she was elected as chair of the Revenue Committee and that here's the tax credit bill. So that's put her in a position to be even more of a champion. And I'm confident in her abilities and the rest of the team in really getting this bill over the finish line hopefully very soon because kids, I mean, can't wait. There are schools that closed a couple of months ago um, that were serving all low income children and they closed again because they just weren't sustainable without any funds.
0: Right. Uh, that's it's heartbreaking
1: i think there's a powerful connection here um my brother had some learning differences and she and he's the oldest and he hated school there's a video home video we have on my first day of kindergarten he's going to second grade and i was really excited and he in the video it's heartbreaking to watch now my parents didn't know what was going on at the time but he just dreaded you could tell he dreaded Mm. the first day of school and so my parents recognized that the school he was in and i was at that time too was not working for uh, him and so they actually went around and interviewed principals around the city and moved to a different school district so that he could have the type of um educational environment that fitted him best and it turned out to be i mean he's doing exceptionally well um and in life, and did in school, uh, and she recognizes now and talks about that how not many people really can do that, and also how different his learning needs were from mine or our younger sisters.
0: Well, and what what a difference that probably made for him in his in his life, like the, just the trajectory of his life, um, if he if he didn't have the ability to make the change that was the right fit for him. Um, I mean, it's it's fun to hear from the perspective of I mean, you are uh, an impactful leader on your in your own right, who is making a difference in your state and across the country for so many children. But it's also interesting to hear your perspective as a daughter uh, to a mom who ended up being very politically engaged. And although she didn't run for office until pretty recently, w- was a volunteer or worked and worked for uh, many campaigns and w- had a big part in getting people elected who were making decisions for our communities uh, because, you know, I think that's one of the hesitations that that women have. It's it's so hard, especially when you have kids to... You're just doing the best you can to try to keep up with all their activities and their school stuff and um, their homework assignments and their soccer games and uh, this and that and it's hard to find the time. It almost feel, you it's almost like you feel guilty, um, prioritizing anything else. And so if they're always number one on, on, you know, on your list, it's hard to find the time to really get active and engage in other ways. But actually you grew up with a, seeing your mom in a role model in that capacity. And probably she was able to instill, um, that, a passion, that led you to become the woman that you are today. Uh, so I'm hoping I have two two daughters, th- three, almost three, <laughs> almost three kids, and I'm hoping that you know, as much of a it was a sacrifice to be in Long City council meetings and to go through the campaign and all these things. Uh, and they're of course very young, so they probably won't remember. But I want them to to see that it is. Possible. I want them to be proud of me as as their mom, you know, um, and seeing me advocate in that way. So it's cool to hear your perspective and kind of growing up, seeing your mom do that. Same thing.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm very fortunate. Um, first of all, I'm sure your daughters will <laughs> see that in you, and it will have a positive <laughs> effect on them. Uh, my mom, she did. I mean, she worked a lot when we were growing up. She uh, eventually, I think I mentioned ran, managed Chuck Hagel's campaign for U.S. Senate, and then served as his chief of staff for years. So, um, was a very busy young woman uh, in her own right, but definitely <laughs> showed us that it's worth fighting for what you believe in, um, even if it does seem like you're up against the odds.
0: Yeah, I, I, that's such a, good, such a good slogan, right? Worth fighting for what you believe in. Um, and it's interesting that you found a niche in school, or a passion for school choice, Um, When you don't necessarily have kids of your own and you didn't really have a family who was super involved in that issue, uh, there was something about it that just really spoke to you.
1: Right. And uh, like I mentioned, the four young boys who I still know to this day um, really did influence me because I saw the potential there and also the inequity in all kids not being uh, able to attend a school that worked well for them or frankly, I mean, a lot of kids If you're born into poverty, you are, it's your only option too often is a failing school. Schools where only 10% of kids are proficient in reading. Schools where 50% of the kids who do graduate face criminal justice system. Um, And it's not good for our entire country, and it's certainly unjust for kids. And like you mentioned earlier, particularly low-income children of color Uh uh, suffer the most under our system as it exists today. Um, And I should say, you know, I I am passionate. I have done a lot of work in Nebraska. It's where I'm from, but the American Federation for Children works all across the country and has been involved in passing very important legislation, particularly in Florida. This year in Tennessee, we helped pass an ESA bill that for the first time will give um, more kids school options there. in Nevada, we've protected school choice legislation. In Washington, D.C., we've been involved in the voucher program. Today, there are more than half a million children involved uh, or participating in private school choice programs. Um, we uh, Recently, we took up an initiative to work with young graduates and make sure that they're the next leaders, and they're out telling their story of how a voucher or a tax credit made a difference in their life, and they are first of all incredible young men and women who've overcome the odds and they credit that to having school choice and so we hope by getting their stories out there more people's hearts and minds will be um either changed or in tune with this issue and thinking about it Mm -hmm. even if you don't have kids it think about the children and families who need this option and also how your voice can make a difference. Um, I think it's really important for everyone to know that private school choice programs, it's proven, there's plenty of research out there, the studies are overwhelmingly in our favor that this actually helps public schools. Because if you're happy, if you're a child or your parent with a child and they're happy in their school, you are not going to be looking for other options. So children who stay in the public schools, even when there are choices, are thriving in those. Schools schools are actually often improve when kids who aren't
0: thriving there can find a better option. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's a really good point. So for people who want to, who this issue maybe speaks to them and they do want to find out how to get more involved, what is the most effective way for them to do that?
1: I would say visit our website, federationforchildren.org, and you can find contact information on there. We also are on social media, Facebook and Twitter. And Um, You know, there are certain states that we work more heavily in. We have state directors. um, But even if we don't, even if we're not in your state, uh, we want to hear from anyone who is interested. We would love more advocates, people who are willing to talk about this issue. But also we want to hear from people who think that this might be something that can help them or their children or their grandchildren, uh, because that's what we're all about is making sure more people have options.
0: Well, I'm uh, just inspired by the work that you're doing. I am somebody who gets very passionate about uh, specific issues as well. For me, it was it was property taxes that led me to run for council, but uh, school choice is something that uh, I've always thought is really important, and I'm so glad to talk to somebody who has been so impactful in this area and just continues to just really do... Um, be in it for the right reasons and, uh, keep on keeping on, even though it's a really tough battle and it's a really tough thing to do. So, uh, thank you for, for all the, all that you do and for encouraging more women to kind of step up and, and get involved.
1: Yep. Thanks Ellen. Appreciate it.
0: Really appreciate the opportunity. Do you have a story or a question you want answered? Send me a note at Ellen at stepuppodcast.com. Also, give Step Up a rating and review in Apple Podcasts so we can reach and inspire more women. Don't forget to subscribe. I'm Ellen Troxclair. Thanks for listening. Now go advocate like a woman.